Welcome back to the Talking Sports Better Than Most podcast. Where today we've got another action-packed, filled episode. <clears throat> We're going to cover a bunch of different things, a bunch of different uh, storylines heading into college football, uh, golf, NFL. We've got it all. That's right. So if you listened to our last podcast, we previewed the Big Ten. We gave you all of our predictions the AP poll came out. We're going to have a lot to say about that in a few minutes. But we're going to start with the NFL because that's kind of where we said we were going towards. And every day there's something new going on in the NFL. Like Stephen and I were texting the other day, like I told Stephen, every day the NFL, it never fails to deliver because there's something going on. So when we last left off, the whole Deshaun Watson thing was just kind of finishing up. He had gotten a six-game suspension. But now, of course, the NFL is going for an entire year. There's no doubt Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended for an entire year. So here we got this Cleveland sports base again that um, gave up a ton of draft picks. They threw everything on the line for Deshaun Watson. They kind of made fun of him because of his outing, I think, Friday night. I think he went like one for seven, and it looked kind of like a clown show out there. But, of course, it was a preseason game, and he only threw a couple passes. But... Um, Steven, well, it's also his first time playing. Yeah, I mean, almost two years now. Yeah, I mean, I would be kind of nervous and uneasy a little bit too. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, what's your what would be your advice to the Cleveland Brown fans out there? As now, I mean, they can't even they have the It's one thing to know what you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. It's another thing. Every day we get closer to the start of the season, and you literally have no idea yeah. what's gonna happen. I what's mean, your advice to those Brown fans. I mean, the Browns fans have had, obviously had to have been patient for a very long time since they were supposed to win the Super Bowl the last three years or however many years in a row. Um, they're not. I mean, I don't think they're gonna be. I mean, do I think do I think they have a chance to make the playoffs? I absolutely still do think they do. They have. I mean, top to bottom, if you get rid of. Um, quarterback position they still have one of the best teams in football it's just that you're going to be probably starting Jacoby Brissett I assume Mm -hmm. and I don't think Jacoby's a bad quarterback he's a game manager I mean if you if you're a Cleveland Browns fan over the last 20 years he's still probably your second to third best quarterback over that stretch of 20 years and and 20 quarterbacks or however many quarterbacks it's been so I mean, your, your team outside of quarterback is better than it's been in the 20 years, and then you also have one of the best quarterbacks you've had. And obviously Deshaun Watson would be the best quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, do I think they'll still have a chance to be good? Obviously, if Jacoby Brissett gets hurt week one, you know, the uh, position for the Cleveland Browns might go a little further down. But, I mean, they just got to be able to have somebody that can breathe um, basically, and I mean, they've got good receivers. As long as they can get the ball out to the receivers, let the pl- receivers make the plays, uh, running backs make plays. Um, I mean, they got great players all around. So, I mean, do I think they'll make the playoffs? I don't know. Do they, do they, can they? Of course. Um, I mean, I think they should, even with Jacoby Brissett, they should still go over 500. Well, it's interesting because this morning the headlines were what's going to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo out in San Francisco because he's still on the roster. Nobody's making a trade offer because San Francisco has to release him by the start of the season or else they can't afford to have him on the team. They can't afford the money. So they have to release him, and then he'll just be a free agent to whoever. And the question Mm -hmm. is, would the Browns maybe feel like they can go with Jacoby Brissett, or would they pick up somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo? And um, I don't know. I just I find it really interesting, like – um, um it, again, I just think it would be easier for them to know 
what to prepare for versus mm-hmm. they literally don't know what's going to happen. But there's no. I mean, they know that Deshaun Watson won't be won't probably be playing at all this year. At least not for the first. You know, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years. I mean, right now, week one, they know Deshaun Watson's not going to be the starting quarterback. So they have to be able to be prepared for that. It's just that, I mean, beyond Jacoby Brissett, they signed Josh Rosen, and they don't have any other quarterback that they signed. Um, Yeah, off the top of my head, I think they had four quarterbacks yeah. on the roster. But I mean, I would assume Jacoby Brissett is number one. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So yeah, he's getting all I mean, the awesome reps I read. Yeah. But again, interesting that a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be sitting out there. And let's be honest, we still got a few weeks left of preseason. Not mm-hmm. that you wish anybody gets injured, but it just seems to happen every year. Mm-hmm. And maybe he ends up, you know, getting to a position like Cleveland because there's no doubt Watson's going to be gone. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody who thinks the NFL isn't going to suspend him for the whole year is crazy. Now, whether that's right or wrong, that's a whole nother story. But another team that could be searching for a quarterback is Zach Wilson, who's in California, I believe now, having his knee scoped. And yeah, successful arthroscopic knee surgery. Yeah, and they're hoping that it's nothing that will take them out longer than maybe four or five, maybe at the most six I weeks. I thought it was like two to four weeks. Yeah, you never know. I mean, look how long it's taken um, Joe Burrow to come back from his appendicitis surgery. I mean, he's still not throwing the ball, really. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like his quarterback's knee is pretty important. So, yeah. I mean, I... I don't know. It's going to be tough as a Jets fan as well because, I mean, the Jets obviously. I mean, they they won what the AFC and, like, Mark Sanchez's, like, first two years, and then obviously since then have been just horrific. But a ton of stuff with Zach Wilson. You know, he likes. um, Well, I just meant, okay. Okay. There's a lot of athletes that probably like MILFs. just saying, you know, but, they think they had their hopes set that this was. Well, yeah. I mean, if you watch. If you watch now. Here he's might not. Was it first take that Greeny does? What's the show that he does? Uh, yeah, get up. Get up. Um, I mean, they were talking about. I mean, obviously, he was talking about the Jets, saying that it's the first time in a long time he actually likes what he sees. And I mean, I can't blame him. Do I think that they were going to take the NFL by storm? Absolutely not. But did they have a chance to actually do something for the first time in 14, 15, 12, 14 years? 12, 13, 14 years? Yeah. Um, and obviously, they still have a chance. I mean, Zach Wilson probably is going to be able to play if he doesn't get hurt the rest of the year. He's still going to be able to play probably at least 14, maybe 15 games, maybe even 16. I don't know. I mean, well, week one is still three weeks away, so another week past that. So It's just a setback. Again, You, I think you'd want to have, feel like your quarterback is 100% going yeah. to game one. And now, no matter what game he comes back, you're going to be a little nervous yeah, that maybe nervous. he's not 100%. So that's definitely going on as well. Because they're going to try to get him, obviously, back and under center as quickly as possible. Yeah, they're still going to be worried about it. But, right. I mean, I, I guess it's just, you know, a curveball in their season. And, I mean, I guess this is still going to probably be one of the better seasons they've had in a while. So since Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, like I said. Yeah. It was interesting. Um Watching the first preseason game with the Kansas City Chiefs highlights, again, the the Chiefs offense looks a little bit different. Obviously, they got the best tight end in the NFL in Travis Kelsey, but um, some new wide receivers. Um, Juju, I don't think, is playing yet. Uh, it's definitely a different-looking Kansas City Chief offense. It really got me wondering a little bit. I, I feel like when we talk about the AFC in a couple weeks when we preview them, that a lot of the AFC teams have gotten better. I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs have gotten better. I don't know if it's going to be mm-hmm. the cakewalk. I mean, I think you could list whether it's the Raiders or the Dolphins or even, like I say, the Jets. Like, teams that have gotten, they might not win their division, but they've gotten better. 
Um, even the Denver Broncos. I mean, they had a oh, great yeah. defense last year. Now they got Russell Wilson. I Bronco mean, Nation. Yeah, let's I mean, ride. Let's be honest with you. I think Kansas City. I, I, Kansas City is going to be in a struggle. They play a, a good. Well, I mean, if you think we think about it, last year, like they, they had stretches of the season that they didn't look like the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I think other than when they beat the Browns last year, first game of the year, it was only because. I mean, I'm not saying it's only because, but a huge factor in that game was that that kicker, the punter, just dropped the snap, and I mean, without that, I mean, I think they could have almost been like 0 4 to start the season. I mean, that they had a lot, lot of last year where they did not look like the Kansas City Chiefs. That the I mean, you really thought after uh, Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl, then I mean, you thought that they might be back every single year until he's retired. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. And then not not to make it sound like he hasn't obviously been good in his time. No, game. right. I just you know you thought it was never going to end. Yeah. And now you're like I mean I'll be honest with you. With as tough as that division is, and as tough as the AFC is. You lose a couple games, you might not even make the playoffs. Um, the playoffs? Yeah, so um, that's going to be interesting. And then, of course, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers playing a bunch of quarterbacks the other night. They got a, I actually watched that game, watched the last-second victory they got. And um, the question is, have they found their quarterback in waiting now that Big Ben's gone? I mean, you would think so. I mean, he, he's a hometown kid from playing the last four years in that stadium. So, um, And he obviously is a good quarterback. He's Obviously, with his ceiling, is better than anyone they've got in that organization. But um, I mean, I don't know what to say. I I don't want to say that they. It, maybe it's just because I've seen them obviously be one of the most consistent football teams since about two thousand early yeah. really early two thousands. I mean, the last time they had a losing season was two thousand three. Big Ben never had a losing season in the Steelers. So maybe that's also another thing that's like kind of biased for me. It's hard for me to see that them even like having a bad season. I guess. Um, maybe that's the hard thing for me, but I just, they still have good players. Um, and last year and the year before that, I would say Big Ben obviously was on his way out the door. He really was not playing very well. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do to start the season, but I think by the end of the year, they'll know who the quarterback is. Uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky is kind of like a Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he's just kind of like holding the spot until um, I would think Kenny Pickett can play. Um, obviously, assuming no injuries or anything like that. So, And um, that's on the AFC side. I saw this morning that there's already a little bit of frustration from Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers. But the reason I bring up that division first is I texted you the other day, and I said, you know, I know I haven't watched Hard Knocks because I don't have HBO, I don't think, or whatever channel it's on. But with that being said... I think the Detroit Lions could maybe be a threat in that division. I think they're going to really sneak up. They got a coach that all the players love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they want to play for him. And if anything, I think Hard Knocks is going to make the Cleveland—I mean, the Cleveland, the Detroit Lions—like a more popular team. I think people mm-hmm. are going to want to go play I mean, for the Lions. That fan base loves its Lions, even though they know they're good. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, of course, I think a lot of people um, were wondering about did they waste a draft pick so high. But I tell you what, the Lions look like a pretty well-rounded team, and in that division, where Minnesota, to me, Minnesota is the most blah team in the NFL ever. I think the Chicago, Chicago Bears have gotten worse. Um, I mean, there's one team the Lions have to beat, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So um, I tell you, that's a team that I think is really going to be. I think they're going to, especially in the NFC, that to me is not as deep as the AFC. I think the Detroit Lions could be a sneaky, sneaky team. 
But um, Aiden Hutchinson looked pretty good. Um, he likes to dance too. I saw. Um, I mean, I think I think the Lions are are trying to do everything they can. I think they have improved. Again, we're talking about teams that maybe haven't improved versus teams that have. I think the Detroit Lions have have tried to improve, and I think you're going to see a huge change with them this year. And uh, it's good to see. I think Detroit needs a little bit of love. It's about damn time the Lions um, are are definitely up there. So it's good to see maybe the Lions um, again. It's hard to go in the Green Bay. I know Green Bay is going to do this and that, but I think Green Bay's got got some. Um, I think Green Bay's got some work to do. So um, it, it, hopefully the Lions. Um, they, they definitely look like uh, they enjoy what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I think that's half the battle. Um, they haven't had good leadership at the top in a long time, and I think they finally do. So it'll be good to see um, the Lions maybe be, um, you know, not the embarrassment on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Well, to me, it doesn't matter if you have one butt cheek or three toes. I want to beat your ass, and then um, we'll tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you. I have no idea what either of those quotes mean, but... Like they said, it's beautiful. Yeah, to get you I going mean, in the morning. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, um, obviously, being a good coach matters. But I think just having your players buy into who you are and buy into what you're doing and have players that want to die for you um, means so much more than being a good coach. Um, I mean, they're all good players in the NFL. There's not players that are bad. Um, and then you got you know however many coaches are on an organization. So I mean. If you want to, I mean, the Lions only won, what, like two or three games last year? But they had the chance yeah. to probably win five or six with just um, the ability of not getting 65-yard field goals made on them at the end of the regulation. So um, they won either two or three, I can't remember, but uh, they had the ability to win at least two or three more um, very easily. And, and they just got about a... 500. Oh, yeah. I, mean, they, I know. Yeah, I think if they went... Well, they can't go 500, but if they went 8-9, 9-8, yeah, like I think that would be an absolute win for the Detroit Lions. I don't see why they can't. I mean, obviously, Jared Goff's an okay. I mean, you know, I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just not, you know, when you look at today's NFL, is he in the top upper echelon? No. He's not in the top 10 of NFL quarterbacks. But he's still a pretty solid game manager. Um, probably not really somebody that's going to win you too many games, but... Um, yeah, the Lions have gotten better. I, I, I didn't love the Aiden Hutchison pick, you know, immensely for number one or whatever they picked him overall. Um, obviously, Jamison Williams is going to be a great receiver, so that's good. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you buy into what, what the coaches are, are telling you and, and the, that intensity means a lot to those players. I don't know if you saw the quote from um, the running back. I can't think of his name right yeah, now. Swift? No, the other running back. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but they did like that, you know, when you break huddle and he was like almost emotional. Um, he said like, don't let this be last year. Don't that, you know, he said it, it should never, last year should never ever happen again. And obviously those players are buying into uh, Dan Campbell. So when you, when your players buy in, I think success is, is going to happen. I think yeah. success is going to take place this year. Um, and like we, I think we both agree, 500 would be a huge win for the the Lions this coming up here. Well, not literally, but um, a game under or a game over. Even if they don't make the playoffs, I think Detroit would be absolutely just fuming. Yeah, kind of cool. Buzzing. Um, for the first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, another story that um, 
talking point that came out were from our beloved Dallas team. Michael Irvin said yesterday on first take that the Cowboys are just a few penalties fixed away from competing with the undefeated Miami Dolphins. How many penalties did they have the other day? I, I saw 17, a, I yeah, think. 17. So, obviously, that was the huge issue with them last year and the fact that Mike McCarthy is all is, is just – he had a good year because he had you-know-who, right? I mean, that's what made his coaching career in Green Bay. Yeah. Other than that, he had to take a year off. He admitted to become a better coach. He's completely ignored this. And then you got Mike Irvin going on first take yesterday saying they have a chance to compete with the, what, the 72 Dolphins. Um, what's your take on that? I mean – Undefeated, not not just compete, but yeah, undefeated it's ridiculous. season. Um, it's ridiculous that anyone would say that. I mean, with the with the the Cowboys with how the season ended last year is is just piss poor. Um, management, uh, game management, clock management is just pathetic. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say. I mean. People always like to say something about how Michigan was ranked in the top, whatever, and they would never. I mean, it was only Ohio State that they had to get through, but um, you know, last year they did it and won the Big Ten. I mean, until the Cowboys win something, I don't know if there's really any reason to even speak about them. Yeah, I mean, it's hysterical. I mean, it's a funny comment. Everybody's on the Eagles bandwagon. Jalen Hurts. And if anything, they only got worse, didn't, right? Yeah, I mean, that. Or was you the- lose Amari Cooper. Who else did they lose? I mean, I know they lost Amari Cooper. They lost a wide receiver to injury. I know that already. Um, I, I mean, that was the talk this morning is that, again, while these teams are getting better, mm-hmm. the, the you know, again, Philadelphia got better. Washington supposedly has a quarterback. Now we'll see. Um, the Giants, well, I mean, I don't know what to say about the Giants, but the bottom line is the Cowboys probably aren't even – the most talented team in their division anymore. I mean, and their division has been Zeke, terrible Zeke for Elliott. so long. Well, I mean, last year they played good against their opponents in the division. Outside of that, they were horrendous. And Zeke Elliott hasn't played good in a long time. Tony Pollard's probably their best running back, and he's the second running back. Um, they've always had a good offensive line, but that's kind of gotten dinged up now. Now, last year, I found this great. I was watching Tip to the Trade to how to pick your fantasy team, and and Field Yates was saying you don't pick a defense until you absolutely have to because last year the Cowboys' defense two years ago were the laughing stock. Last year they were only picked in 2% of the leagues in a draft, and yet they were like the number one defense in the NFL then with takeaways and so on. So, again, that that's really what saved Dallas last year was the Yeah, defense. I think that's what they said. Um, last year they had like more, they had more than one takeaway a game. I don't remember how many – it was in a year. I don't know if it was over 20 or if it was 26 or something like that. I mean, think about that. That's absurd, to be honest with you. That's unbelievable to have that many, that many takeaways. Um, yeah. I mean, just setting up your offense in good positions. Um, but without that, that, the question way. is what what would have become of them? So, yeah. I mean, again, the, the, it just, again, it got everybody talking. That's what Cowboy fans do best. That's what Michael Irvin was doing. That, that That's what makes them go around because people who support, it's great because their fans will think every week is the new week. And then you got people who hate them so much that they just will take everything and blow it up. So that's what makes the Cowboys the most fascinating team to people because they just love to joke around with them and all that. But again, 
Um, it's definitely um, it's definitely kind of hysterical. I mean, that comment was a bit overblown, but they also said it beautifully on ESPN this morning that you know Mike McCarthy is the one that's going to lose his job for himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, without fixing things, whether you put the freaking boxing gloves on the player so they don't hold, whatever you do, but he's the one that's losing his job for himself. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Sean Payton is the coach in waiting. Um, Mike McCarthy is not going to make it. And, again, if you listen to a lot of the pundits, they don't even know if they're the best team in that division. So um, Dak obviously has got a lot to prove, too. He's always great at taking accountability. He'll be the first to stand up and say, you know, I should have done better and so on, but that doesn't necessarily equate to wins either. So uh, I don't think Dak's the, the problem. And Dak. Well, I don't think he is either, but I'm saying he has no problem taking accountability. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he does what a good quarterback is supposed to. He may be to. the most responsible and mature individual in the entire organization. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, though. I, I, I heard him talking about how much the players love Jerry Jones because he's involved. They love that aspect that he cares so much. And yet, it's probably the most dysfunctional franchise in a long time because, let's be honest with you, the last time they were good and won a championship was with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, who didn't take crap and didn't let Jerry Jones run the program. Mm-hmm. Since then, Jerry Jones has always hired puppets to coach that team and they can't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there, there's, there, you know, it's twofold there about Jerry Jones being excited and the players love him. They never say anything bad about him, but yet really, well, he's had the puppets, they're horrible. And when he finally had a real coach that coached the team, and Jerry Jones had to stay on the sidelines, that's when they last won their championships. Same thing when Bill Parcells was there. I mean, Bill Parcells was another one. Don't mess with Bill Parcells. Don't mess with Jimmy Johnson. And since then, it's just been puppets. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. I think they start the season off with Tampa Bay. So either it's going to be, oh, my God, what's happened to Tom Brady, who's got a whole week off to deal with personal issues. Not sure what that's all about, but it's got some people extremely worried about whatever personal issues are going on. Um, it's either Tom Brady, oh my gosh, what's going on, or the Cowboys, Cowboys. start off on one, yeah, and, and, and I guess um, they're not going undefeated. So <laughs> that's the great thing about week one for those two franchises. Either Tom Brady's washed up and too old to play the game, or the Cowboys, as you said, are the same old Cowboys. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll continue to preview. We'll eventually make some predictions and our Super Bowl predictions down the road, too. So the next thing to talk about is the AP college football poll came out. We talked about the coaches poll last week and all, or yeah, last week or two weeks ago. That was last week when we did the Big Ten. Um, the AP poll came out, um, and again, it always gets you kind of, it gets the juices flowing. It gets people excited, wondering what's going on. Alabama won, Ohio State two. Georgia 3, Clemson 4, Notre Dame 5, top 10, AM 6, Utah 7th, Michigan 8, Oklahoma 9, and Baylor 10th, um, Oregon's 11th, NC State, which could be a sleeper in the ACC, we already talked about that, they're 13th, USC, which was under 500, they got a new coach and a new quarterback, they're up to 14th, Michigan State out of the Big Ten is 15th, Miami, every year people think Miami, it's finally their year back. We'll see if Mario Cristobal can get them going at 16. Pitt, who won the ACC last year but lost their best players, 
somehow ranked 17th. Wisconsin's always a staple in the top 25. Arkansas, which has probably got the best chance to be a sleeper in the SEC's 19. Kentucky's 20th in the SEC. They always got a good defense, but usually you and I probably could yeah, score off, better for that. Without an offense, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. You're not going to win. I mean, okay, you might win. You might have a nine and three season, but you're not gonna. You're not getting into the top five. You're not not making a college football playoff. Lane Kiffin, twenty one, without you know starting a new quarterback. Wake Forest. Some say they're the sleeper in the ACC. They kind of almost got it done last year. They scored a ton of points. Wake Forest. Their defense though had more holes than Swiss cheese. Cincinnati ranked twenty third after the college football playoff. BYU ranks the twenty fifth. So Stephen, what was your impressions of what you saw in the top twenty five? when it was, was released yesterday. So, um, top three I have no issues with. Clemson, I don't really understand the the reason why they love them. Um, I mean, last year wasn't a very good year for them, um, and I don't think they really got any better uh, with their... I mean, obviously they get good recruits every year, but their, their quarterback is still the same, so that's not changing. Um, look up what the record was last year. So last year they went ten and three with a bowl win. Oh wow! That was so they were nine and three, but they started off. Remember them two and two, and they were, they were. Well, and then they played four and three, played the mighty ACC. ACC. Yeah. Um, and did they so start off with Georgia last year? And it was like a nine, nine to three or something yeah. like that, or six to whatever. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they don't play anybody good. Um, I mean, I guess they play with Corson from the NC State, but I don't really know if I buy into right. either of those teams really being a top 15, top 20 team. Um, I'm obviously Wake Forest has a tremendous offense. Um, at least they show that against most teams. Uh, NC State, I don't really know if I really like that that much, but I mean, they're going to be up there just because they don't usually play too many good teams. Miami is absolutely overrated. I don't really get why they're even anywhere near the top 25, but... Um, Notre Dame, they'll get beat week one, so they'll fall off at least probably down to top, top or down to ten at least or more, um, depending on how the game goes. Uh, Texas A&M, I don't really understand that either. I mean, they didn't have a good, they didn't have a really great season last year. I guess they beat Alabama, but I mean, they also lost probably like what four, four games maybe, even yeah. more. Um, I mean, they're only up there because they got the number one ranked, they bought the number one ranked recruiting class. So um, uh, I don't really like that. Utah. I mean, I respect Utah. So I'm, I just, I just don't. I would love to see them play Michigan and see who wins that game. Then, uh, if they really think they're that good, um, in Oklahoma, I don't really get why they're that high. I guess it surprises me a lot. But um, Miami, I don't think that great. Going to be because they lost obviously yeah, they lost, uh, Spencer name? originally, and then they lost my was it Maya not Maya. No. Um, Williams, wasn't it? Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Um, so I wonder who... I don't know who the quarterback is going to be, but USC... I mean, USC isn't going to play anyone. Now, Caleb Williams is going to be playing for USC. Yeah, but um, they don't play until Utah I think USC's middle of October. was so. maybe the worst defense in college football last year. Yeah, but Lincoln Riley doesn't have a good defense. Right. He only had a good defense because and he had the... Then he brought Alex Grinch with them from first Ohio State, got rid of him, then he went to Oklahoma... And now he's with them at USC. Yeah. So they're really hung up on Alex Grinch, which we'll see. So, I mean, obviously week one is obviously the most, like, highly talked about poll just because, I mean, obviously you can't really base it off too much as you haven't seen anything yet. And obviously week one polls, 
basically don't exist after about week 10 because a lot of those teams have moved significantly or aren't even, even ranked anymore. The teams that were not ranked are ranked. Um, so it's always a highly talked about thing, week one. Um, I mean, last year Michigan wasn't ranked, and then by the end of the year they were number two and obviously got flattened by Georgia. But, I mean, it just shows you how little week one record, or week one rankings mean. I mean, there's a good chance that there's probably – Two teams in the top ten, I bet, right now that won't, will end up, maybe even more, that will end up not even being ranked at the end of the year. So, um, The weird thing about college football, and I know it's different because now we have the college football. got a, a, a vote. <laughs> we got the college football. Probably won't get a vote after they lose Northwestern week zero. Rankings till late October or whenever they release the first ones. But in college football, it does matter if a team is ranked, I think, somewhat early Oh, yeah, season. I mean – I mean, if you let's start, take, just be honest, let's take a Wake Forest team, mm-hmm. you know, that starts down, and then we, you and I play this scenario about Ohio State, Michigan going mm-hmm. undefeated. You know, let's say USC goes undefeated. Let's say Alabama goes undefeated and beats Georgia in the one game they play. You got a one-loss Georgia. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan play. Whoever you want to pick from that team that wins. Um and then maybe Wake Forest does run the ACC, you know, you, you start to play these games. Who, Which teams are ranked where? And that's where I think is the most interesting component of everything. Like, it does sort of matter. So while we joke about these rankings... Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It's, it's just that they're they usually somewhat. blown apart pretty quickly. Right. Um, I mean, like, for instance, you don't see a non-Power non 5 besides Cincinnati and BYU and Houston, but they're way ranked back. Mm-hmm. Like last year, I think Cincinnati started in the top 10, which definitely, I think, propelled them um, propelled them to be able to get to the college football playoff, right? Mm-hmm. Now, some of the other pieces of the puzzle obviously had to fall in place, but again, it's weird because no other sport is like that where mm-hmm. a preseason anything matters. But in college football, it's kind of weird because it does. It does. I mean, I agree with you on that. I just meant like it gets blown no, apart. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that in some cases. Yeah, I mean, it does matter. I mean, if you're a team like Utah and you start, at, let's say you start at 25, I mean, I mean, you, you, it'll be even hard if you go 12-0 and 0 to make it in the top four. Let's just say, for example. But if you start at seven, it's a lot easier. Take a team like Oregon State. I don't think Oregon State's been good in years. But let's say somehow they magically run through mm-hmm. the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. You know, people then are going to say, well, they beat Utah, and Utah just turned out to not be that good. And they beat USC, but USC wasn't good last year, so even though they were ranked high. And then it's like, They were just okay, ranked too high yeah. too quickly. So then you got this Oregon State team that's undefeated, who nobody respected coming in, and then you have a one-loss Alabama, an undefeated Georgia, a one-loss Michigan, uh, undefeated Ohio State, um, an undefeated Clemson, you get, you know, and you have these teams and you're like, okay, then where does Oregon State ranked in? Mm-hmm. But if Utah goes undefeated, being ranked in the top 10 to begin with, they're in no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it is weird that a sport like this well, that's a, means so much. The thing that I think that the rankings, they do a bad job of is if you're winning games, it doesn't mean you should still be sliding up the, the rankings. I know that you know, winning, surviving in advance and is the idea. Honest, but this all comes back every year when we talk about top 25 yeah. wins and so on. So I think Notre Dame plays two of the top four teams in the country, right? They play Clemson and they play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So let's just say Notre Dame loses those two games, loses a couple more games, and has a four-loss season. Mm-hmm. I mean, every Ohio State fan is going to claim, hey, 
We yeah. beat the number five team in the country, right? I mean, every Ohio State fan's going to say that. So, again, it is. it really does, in the end, affect a voter's eyes and opinion. Mm-hmm. When deep down inside, Notre Dame might, maybe Notre Dame beats Ohio State. I'm just saying it could go vice versa, okay, whatever. I'm just saying that every everyone's going to claim that victory because Notre Dame was number five. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State's going to say, well, we just beat the number five team in the country. If they beat Michigan, Michigan's going to be in the top five. We beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we beat Wisconsin. They were ranked. I mean, we're going to all say mm-hmm. we deserve to be in the top, top spot or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where we laugh about the polls and they're just talking points. But if you really dig deep into it, if you, if you follow college football, they do matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it is. It, it it matters somewhere along the line. Well, they get they, some of these teams get put on a pedestal. I'm thinking just like Clemson and Notre Dame. Obviously, Clemson has won two national championships, so I shouldn't say anything bad about them. But Notre Dame, I mean, in the last few years, I mean, they might be ten and zero or eight and zero or nine and zero, but they've played some pretty piss poor games and just slid by. Yeah. I don't think the I don't think the rankings does a very good job of. Okay, yeah, I might have beat three mediocre teams the last three weeks. That doesn't mean that I should be moving up in the rankings versus a team that beats good teams. Right. I mean, I just don't like that. Because, I mean, you only have, say Notre Dame didn't play Ohio State when they ended up go starting off 8-0 or whatever, and you got a team like, uh, uh, let's say, Baylor. I mean, if Notre Dame keeps winning and Baylor keeps winning, Notre Dame's not going to get passed up by Baylor just because Baylor beat good, t- or not, not, I'm not saying that they play that many good teams, but Notre Dame's going to keep, remaining ranked higher because they're winning games. doesn't mean that they are the better team, in my opinion, or are even the better team, but I just feel like they do a bad job of that every year. They rank these teams, and then they just, like, can't admit that they're not actually that good because they keep winning. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find... Until they get absolutely flattened by a good team. Yeah, I'm trying to find the tweet, and I can't think what his name is on East Penn. Isn't it the bear, Chris Vasilica? Isn't that his name? Or... Oh, the bear that picked it. Yeah, names? what's his name? Oh, I don't know his actual name. Uh, here we go. So he just tweeted this a few minutes ago, or just a little bit yeah. ago. Um, oh, of course, I can't ever find it when I want to. And maybe he didn't tweet it, but I could sure he did. He, he, was, he was writing about, here we go, there are only... Eight Power Five schools which have never hosted game day. Cal, Duke, Illinois, Kansas, Maryland, Rutgers, Syracuse, and Virginia. And then somebody was talking about Virginia and the fact that their schedule is, I mean, it's pretty trashy, right? Mm -hmm. But finally, I think their eighth game of the year, they play, I forget, NC State or something. And they were just talking about the fact that, you know, a team like that, again, especially in college football, because the schedules are so uneven, you know, they some schools play absolutely nobody. Um, you know, people criticize Michigan because of their out-of-conference. People are criticizing Ohio State because they don't play a road game until mid-October. I was reading Pat Forty's, um, and it was a really good – I mean, if you love college football, you should read it because it tells you about every week, the schedules and people's criticisms of, of all the teams and their schedules. You know, it's, it is. It's an uneven thing here, right? I mean – Look at the SEC. They they don't even have all Division One schools that they play. So they throw in that game with Division Two schools or whatever division they call them in, in college football. So again, um, again, it, so the 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 schedules do make a difference in college football. Um, so it, it's interesting. So really, preseason rankings, well, they don't matter anything to us. They actually 
do matter. So um, we're getting closer. Next week when we do the podcast, we will actually be making, folks, college football picks. That's right, week zero. Well, it's not the greatest games in America. You know, the Big Ten starts off in Ireland, northwestern Nebraska. Um, So, again, one week, folks, we're going to finally be making college football picks. So that is, um, I don't know, if that don't get the juices flowing, I don't know what will, but to know that we're just that close away from starting it. And, of course, week one, um, Labor Day weekend, is just full of massive games. Um, And even if your team isn't playing the greatest team known to man, just the anticipation of what the team looks like. Even if Notre Dame isn't the fifth-best-ranked team in the nation, I think that's how they – you know, get people so excited is, you know, you look at two versus five and you think this could be a national championship well, game right yeah. here. I mean, and, and Whether it obviously actually fans, is I mean, or not, but. I mean, regardless, it's still, you're playing a much better team than you're playing Kent State. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Well, it's just like last year when Georgia and Clemson played each other. Obviously, Georgia was good. And I'm not saying that Clemson was just that, you know, for the last seven, eight years, that was probably their worst season um, by far. I mean, they won nine games, but. I mean, who did they beat that was even respectable last year? So I think, let's be honest, let's take an Ohio State-Notre Dame game. You're going to find out if Ohio State is really all that people are mm-hmm. cracking them up to be, which they're always ranked high. I mean, every year people say that. But we're going to find out, is Ohio State actually, I think, quality team? I mean, they got embarrassed by Oregon, even though they lost by seven. But everybody could tell that Ohio State team was pretty mediocre, especially de- defensively. And then you're going to find out Notre Dame. I mean, is Notre Dame, I mean, if they beat Ohio State, they got a chance to maybe run the table and win the national championship. So, you know, I mean, in the end, it is much more exciting than seeing Ohio State play Ken State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's going to be an unbelievable That's episode. at least the one positive about Cottrell that, that I can think of is they at least do a good job of definitely purposely not matching up. Obviously, if a team runs a table, you don't know that they're going to be good week eight or week nine, but they do a pretty good job of making sure that there's a, a game, a good two or three good games that every college football fan wants to watch every week. And the one thing I like about college football a little more than I did a few years ago, not that I want Ohio State to lose a game, but I think more so than ever, your team can lose a game and you're still yeah. got a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the BCS era, if you lost a game, you probably weren't getting in. Yeah. And if you lost a game late, you probably weren't getting in, besides the 2007 season, I think, when every team in the top 10 lost the last week. Um, other than that, um, at least college football, I feel like, has opened the door a little bit. I know a two-loss team ain't getting in, probably, but... Your team can, especially in the Big Ten, right? There's a gauntlet of teams, I think. So that's one positive change, I think, from college football maybe 10 years ago to now. You know, now I'm going to be honest with you. I might be ready to commit suicide if Ohio State loses to Notre Dame because the season will be over. But there's still a chance. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, But anyways, besides that, we'll have previews and some more picks next week in college football. Um, and then finally, we got to end the broadcast, the podcast, with all what we've been talking about since this hostile Saudi takeover took place, the LIV. So a lot has happened since we last left. I think when we did the podcast last week, a judge had just ruled that LIV players, I think that's what we broke, had to... Um, well, they were they were not allowed to play in the playoffs. Yeah, they weren't allowed to play in the playoffs, so 
That was a win for the PGA Tour. Um, they're now waiting for um, to find out if um, they're going to get world ranking points. But apparently, the news on the street is this. Number one, Tiger Woods, Ricky Fowler flew in to Delaware. They are meeting with a lot of the top tour players right now as we speak in a hotel in Delaware where the next site of the um, playoffs is taking place. Apparently, Tiger Woods met with a group of players when they were in Ireland before the Open Championship, and this is a continuation. From what I'm hearing, I was listening to the Golf Channel on Sirius XM today, this was all Tiger Woods. This had nothing to do with Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour. He's basically been dictating this meeting here today. Um, apparently, Ricky Fowler went to Jay Monahan, the articles in Golf Digest, I think, and told him he thought they handled it okay, but that the PGA Tour really fumbled on a few things and that they never took LIV serious and that this is as serious as it gets. So, Tiger Woods is there. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, none of us know. I was just checking Twitter to see if anything's happening, but so far there's nothing. But um, there's only one. We said this, and I think I give us credit for it because we said it on the podcast. Tiger, remember we said this. LIV's got people talking for him. They even got the president of the United States, Donald Trump, speaking for him. Where the PGA Tour really had, again, Rory would make a slab at Greg Norman and so on. But no one besides when Tiger Woods spoke at the press conference at the um, British Open, did he someone come out and like have to put them on their shoulders and run with mm-hmm. it? Where LIV had those guys, mm-hmm. so I give us so a when you're bit brainwashed because you're making all that extra money, and I mean I was talking about it a lot today. Um, it's just it all comes back to Tiger Woods making a decision. I mean I he made comments briefly before the. The, the Open Championship, but it wasn't, I mean, he didn't really go all no. in. He wasn't going to go out there and completely sure bash. He knew he was for yeah, the Yeah, of course. That's all he really did. He wasn't really a person that really went, um, you know, knuckles deep to just try and bad, uh, you know, speak badly on the LIV. Like maybe other players have been a little bit more um, open about their opinions on it. So, I mean, this is exactly what they needed. They needed Tiger Woods to step up and and kind of uh, make a plan and, and play and put a plan in place to beat the um, whatever crap you want to call the LIV right. that trying to well, attempt to take I think it's great. I mean, or, I think it's great. He's got Ricky Fowler with them, um, who's got to help be a good face. He's a huge part of this team. I think the key right now for Tiger Woods is to shore up the American golfers. Right. I mean, there was talk that Cam Young was going to go and it appears that he's not going. His parents have said he's not leaving. Um, You know, he had such a good rookie season, almost won the Open Championship. Um, So it's good to see that I don't think he's even. So I think first for Tiger Woods is sure up all the American golfers. I don't think he's anything he can do with Cam Smith and some of those, you know, especially the Australian stars. Greg Norman was the Rido. And, and he's taking them, and they're going to run with it. I mean, there's I don't think there's much we can do with some of them. But I think Tiger Woods needs to help shore up our American golfers, keep the good college golfers on the PGA Tour. They have to have a game plan. I think they actually are finally taking it seriously. And it appears, here's the thing. Do I love Rory McIlroy taking the jabs at Greg Norman and them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's not solving the problem. That's not fixing it. That just makes for great Twitter, right? That mm-hmm. makes for great great commentary like you and I are doing right now. 
But in the end, they have to have a plan. They have to have um, something in place. And I think this is probably the best news. I think the PGA Tour is in a worrisome spot. They got two tournaments left, and then they basically disappear. Yeah, and then you're not so, going to talk about it for the most part. Other than you're going to hear the LIV guys that playing. are going to go LIV, yeah. right? I loved it. Patrick Reed played in Austin. Um, um, I tweeted this morning how he played over in Asia, the guy who wanted to play less golf. And um, I think he finished tied for 30th and dropped three world ranking points. So um, positive golf for Patrick Reed. Um, and that's the key. They all want to play less golf, but yet they're actually playing more golf and going further away. Well, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. They just want to tell the truth. Um, and I was thinking about it. I mean, I know this is going to come out as blasphemous when I say this, but when you think about the money that they're getting from the LIV, I initially thought, wow, I mean, like, that's a lot of money. But when you think about it, I know that they make a fraction on the PJ Tours that they're going to be making from LIV, but you also got to think about the fact that they are getting a lot of money for sponsors. So once they go to the LIV, they're losing those sponsors. So, I mean, yeah, I know it's not even equivalent in the money, but it's not as big of a difference as you would think right. when you think about how much they make at sponsors. I mean, a good golfer on the PJ Tour, say a top five golfer on the PJ Tour, is probably going to make at least good, I would say at least $20 million, maybe even $25 million on the year um, if he just throws in a couple, maybe three wins, and then throws in some top tens, um, maybe not 25, let's say 20 million on the year. And then endorsements, if he's that good of a golfer, he's going to probably make another 100 million almost off endorsements. I think the thing 75 is, million. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, it's not like you're making, you know, 5 million a year, then going to 100 million from LIV. I mean, there's obviously, if you're good, you can make that money in the PGA Tour without a problem. And then, so, obviously, the thing that we're seeing that came out last week that we didn't know about on the podcast was that a lot of the LIB golfers have it in their contracts that they don't get paid mm -hmm. until they actually earn enough past whatever they were going to be guaranteed, mm -hmm. which is another thing. And I guess here's the thing. You know, I texted Stephen a little bit ago and said, oh, it's been a rough day on the job. And Stephen, when at the beginning of the month's working long hours too, like, I know Stephen and I have this conversation all the time because I don't understand why he doesn't play more golf. And he says, because he's going to break his clubs. But I'm saying, I know every job has its downfalls and negatives, but they, they golf and make millions and millions and millions of dollars. They don't even got to win. They just got to finish in the top 30. Yeah. And they don't got to do much. They just got to maintain... Yeah, Get I'm cards, sure it's so. tough traveling, but a lot of these guys don't stay. I think 99.9% of people in this world would kill to have the they don't. They they're have. not staying in the Hilton. A lot of them are staying in houses. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if I was getting paid $50 million a year, I would learn to like golf a little bit more. Well, I mean, it's just the idea that, again, for them to complain about what they're doing. I mean, a bunch of babies. Look at what a football player has to go through. I mean, look at the wear and tear. I mean, I'm not saying golf don't wear and tear on your body. But uh, it doesn't what, gonna affect your life after golf. Yeah, it's not like you're it not is getting CTE. in football. Um, even the long seasons of, let's say, baseball, right, where yeah. you're out for, what, nine months out of the year. Yeah. I mean, again, in golf, and plus in golf, you're making your schedule. Yeah. I mean, they're going to play in the four majors, but then I'll go here and here. Fifth, i got to go 15 times a year somewhere. So 15 weeks out of the year. What's that, four months? Yeah. Right? I mean, and let's be honest with you. 
how is it a job when you're playing Augusta National? Mm-hmm. I mean, does that even count as a work week? Yeah. I mean, like Rory said, I think Sergio said something about the yeah. money, and Rory said, dude, we're, we're golfers. We don't deserve to make money. Right. So, I mean, it just shows you the difference between, and I mean, I was going to have this conversation today between a lot of other sports. I mean, a lot of those guys that take that extra money or, 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 um, you know, think about like someone like Charles Barkley, like uh, those guys that, that never won a championship that were great. I mean, they would have done anything to win a championship. Legacy is priceless. I mean, there's no price that you can put on legacy. A lot of those guys would do anything for a ring in basketball or baseball or football or anything, those other sports. I mean, think about the big guys, even in like tennis, like Roger, you talk about Nadal, talk about Djokovic. I mean, do you think that they care that they win another million dollars or two million dollars from winning a tournament? They don't give a crap about that. They care about their legacy. And that's the thing that I think that golf, those, a lot of those golf players have shown that have made their career, that they have shown that they don't care about their legacy. They care about making more money, which, and once again, I don't understand. When you've already made millions and millions and millions of dollars, it does not matter what you do with the rest of your life. You're going to have plenty of money. The PGA Tour will give you a handsome retirement. I mean, I just don't get why they're chasing the money. Um, I guess Phil was chasing money, obviously, because he needed the money because he was a gambler and poor, at least, at that. So I don't really get why the, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, I think they're a bunch of babies um, complaining about everything, suing the PGA Tour. It just, it just defines who they are as, as people. Um, it's just sick to see what's happening and see what is going to happen. So hopefully um, Tiger Woods can find a, a, a rally against LIV and find a way to um, get a plan together to save the PGA Tour and destroy and just have the LIV crumble and all those players just be laughed at and their legacies be ruined. And I think, I guess the bottom line is, I think the frustrating part is, if those 48 guys want to stay in the LIV, then I guess there's nothing we can do about it, okay? Yeah. That's fine. But then just leave the PGA Tour alone. Yeah. I don't understand. Who cares, right? I mean, just... Yeah. But you want to play. You want more money. You want your cake and you want to eat it. I saw this morning that Donald Trump Jr. wrote an editorial in the Washington Post about um, asking Raycom or whatever to make sure they get a deal done with LIV. Like, to me, you shouldn't have to have people beg for a TV deal. Like, again, just do your thing. Go and do it. Just stay away. Don't, well, don't, yeah. I mean, don't if you try want, to have both ends. I, I yeah. just don't understand. I if think you want to go play LIV, that's fine. Yeah. Then just... Goodbye. Like, you're not coming back. You're not welcome back. It's just that simple. I mean, you don't get to have the best of both worlds. It's and just I that can't simple. Think who tweeted that the other day? The conversation they had with an LIV player it said, see you soon. And then somebody put, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I uh, can't remember who it was. Yeah. And so I, no, did see I, that. I don't think you will. No, you will Billy Horschel. Yeah. Billy like Horschel said something about how I'll see you soon on the PGA Tour. And he said something about how I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'll see you soon on the PGA no, Tour. Like, oh, no, no. So I guess that's, I think, the thing. So everybody out there, Number one, if you don't understand golf, then I understand that's why you that. like LIV because you're thinking of the money aspect yeah. and they should be able to play everywhere. But you just said it about LeBron James and Djokovic and those guys. Like they're playing all the for big the historic players in every single sport for the most part. I would say, I mean, those guys would have would have traded another ring for twenty million dollars or five, twenty, fifteen, ten million dollars. I mean, they don't. A ring and legacy means so much more than just an extra couple bucks. I mean, these guys, I think, that means nothing to them. And so the like, only thing about seeing somebody like, to me, seeing Ian Poulter leave is nothing. Seeing Cam Smith leave, who just won the Open, 
and the P in the Players Championship. I mean, that is important because he is an it's up and coming star. You see star. Westwood and you see but Sergio and you see Ian Poulter. Once guys are get out of play, fifty-four hole tournament. I don't know. Again, though, I, I again, if that's what Cam Smith wants to do, go for it. I yeah. mean, no one's telling him he can't. But you can't then say I want to play on the PGA Tour too. Just yeah. it doesn't work that way. You're on that tour. It just it is. It would be like if there was two NBA leagues and you were going back and forth. Well, this is the point I wanted to get to. Is Stephen A. said something about how I didn't even watch the whole video. Um, it was sent to me about how he says that it's pathetic and poor what the PGA Tour is doing, what Tiger is trying to do now. I mean, I think it's amazing that he can even say that. It shows how stupid he is. Um, if if the LIV was coming to poach the NFL and the NBA, uh, he would have a problem with it. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, without that, he doesn't have a job. So, yeah, first off. James was playing yeah. every other week somewhere else, not in the NBA. The NBA and, would have a problem ESPN, with it. ESPN, who owns the rights to the eight, to the uh, NBA, he would be going Yeah, I mean, he would have a problem with it. But because it's, it's golf, it doesn't affect him. What's made him who he is is LeBron James. Yeah. So that's, that's what it's, it's all about. It's just sickening that he can even voice his opinion But that's why people it. like that, again, if you don't understand golf, this this conversation, you're going to argue with us. So, yeah. again, so then we're saying fine. But then the LIV players just need to go and play for the LIV. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's that simple. You know, so, again, I think that's been the frustration. Now, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of what comes out of this meeting or, or how much is leaked. I think regardless of whether or not you think something will be leaked or not, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to check Twitter one more time before we go. But, I mean, somewhere along the line, I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit. It's good to know Tiger Woods is up and at him. The PGA Tour knows they got to do something because LIV, I think, has a tournament the first week of September. And technically, um, technically the PGA Tour season's just about over. So... Um, it'll be pretty interesting, but I'm looking on Twitter here, and it don't look like anything's over. And we'll know because they had pictures of Tiger Woods getting into the car, Tiger Woods getting off the plane. So trust me, somebody's watching their every move. So it's good the PGA Tour's got their number one player, the most powerful person in golf. I don't care who the commissioner is. There's only one powerful person in golf, and it's Tiger Woods. So, and again, and I just want to say again, there would be no LIV without Tiger Woods because there'd be no Dustin Johnsons or be no Bryson DeChambeau's. They wouldn't be making the money. They wouldn't be getting the notoriety because golf was uh, uh, golf disappears. But if Tiger Woods is playing in a golf tournament, guess what's ESPN's covering? Tiger Woods and the PGA Tour golf. So again, um, I think that's what Tiger's point is. And again, a guy who played only for the legacy and not the money. Um, is a pretty cool thing. So we'll see. I guess next week we'll update you on what the latest is. Um, and, of course, as we said, we're going to finally make some college football picks. We'll get into more of the NFL. And you never know. Every week, like we said, sports is real life. Every week there's something interesting going on.